0: Welcome to Life Church of Mobile's audio podcast. We hope that this teaching will challenge you with any season of life you may be in. Thanks for joining us and enjoy. Let me get into the teaching tonight. Are you ready to get some words? Some amen. All right, I tell you what, I want you to say with me I am, I am a, visionary. a visionary. Tell you what, let's say it this way I have I a, vision a vision for my life. For That is so, so important. And uh, that is really what we're trying to release as we're talking about finding and fulfilling God's plan, God's purpose, being visionaries. It's so important. It's so vital. And we talked about it Sunday. Uh, We want to get a little more in-depth with it tonight as we talked about keep the growing going. We should always be growing. We should never stop growing. We should never stop learning. We should never stop experiencing. At least not as, as born. You know, let me say this. It bothers me at times that I feel like people in the world are greater visionaries than born again, spirit filled believers that ought not to be. You know, let me grab this real quickly as a as a visual example. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. You know, the the first ones of these filled up rooms. We had one out on Lot Road. First computer we ever got took a encompassed it and, and took up an entire room. And it wouldn't do what this would will do. But some guys had a vision. What if We were able to take what only corporations have now and make it where everybody could get one. They then began to apply themselves to that vision. They invested in themselves. They studied, they learned. They had to get permission to go and look at at computers and study them and, and come up with plans because they had a vision that something that was only available for companies could be available to you and to me. They were visionaries. Well, I'm going to tell you, God's people are supposed to be the greatest visionaries in the earth today because we have the Spirit of God living in us. Can I I get an amen? Amen. But we got to keep growing. Now, we're going to pick up where we we left off Sunday. and uh, In Acts chapter 17, there are three churches that are talked about we're not going to spend a lot of time on this because i got some other things I want to say. Thessalonica, Berea, and Athens. We want to be like the Bereans. We want to be those that are giving themselves to the things that God is doing. There were people in each one of those groups who believed the gospel when Paul preached. But listen, they, they stopped. A lot of them stopped there. They didn't, they didn't develop. They didn't grow. They did not continue. Thessalonica had a lot of people with money and influence. Wealthy people who wanted nothing to do with change. Anybody ever been around a group like that? And you can, in in Acts 17, it says, but the leaders becoming jealous and taking some wicked men from the marketplace formed a mob and set the city in an uproar. They did everything they could to come against Paul's teaching and to dissuade people from believing. Because they were people of influence and they didn't want change. Some people like things the way they are and they will viciously fight new ideas. Boy, I've run in and encountered a few of those through the years. But the Bereans, who are in, in verse eleven, it says, "Now these were more noble-minded." How many noble-minded people are in the house? Uh, I am confessing that over us by faith. We are of the noble-minded. They were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, for they received the word with great eagerness. Anybody in the house hungry tonight? Now, I know you just ate, some of you, but I'm talking about spiritual hunger. You know, I can't make you spiritually hungry. I can't develop it in you. I can't make people want to change. I can't make people want to receive. I can't make people want to grow. It is something we need to, if you don't have it, ask God, Lord, stir it in me. Make yourself available to God. Make yourself available to what he wants to do in you. They were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, for they received the word, what's this, with great eagerness. You know, when you receive the word with great eagerness, it's easier for me to bring it. That was a really good place to say "Man, Show me I got some eagerness. <laughs> it's true. When you receive it with great eagerness, you help me. If they examined the scriptures daily to see if those things were so. They got in the word and examined it. They were noble. And then, of course, the people in Athens who were proud and they loved to judge new ideas. Uh, and it talks about that. And they, they judged everything by their own experience and their ability to reason. And so the gospel appeared to them at times to be foolish. But we are not like those. We are like the Bereans. Can I get an amen in this house? That's us. So the question is, am I Berean? I believe the answer is yes. Am I so in love with God that I'm filled with the desire to know Him better? How many of you by faith, and I'm going to loosen you up a little bit tonight. How many of you by faith would say, Brother Scotty, I want to know Him better? I want to know him better. I want to know him better. I'm not through knowing him. Am I still studying and learning? Or did I decide that I already know enough and stop learning along the way? Now, I said this Sunday, but I've got to say it again. Many times, what you know will not let you grow it will stop you from learning. What you know will keep you from learning. If you think you know everything, the, the, the people that are the hardest and the impossible to teach are the ones who think they know everything. Did I, do I make uh, decisions based on my own feelings and judgment or have I decided, have I decided that the Bible will be the final authority in what I believe about God and how I live my life? That's what we're all about in this house. That's what we're doing. Do I receive eagerly? Man, I can remember, and I hate to tell old stories, but I I just remember when, when the Holy Spirit first began moving, people would drive up in the parking lot and jump out, so eager to get in church because they found out that God was good, that God was doing great things, and that you didn't just have to go through the motions and forget to put their car in park. They would hop out with the car still rolling. What is that? That's an eagerness. That's a hunger. Do I receive eagerly? Do I examine prayerfully? Do I just make my own assumptions and do I just say, well, I already know? And, or do I pray? Do I, do I examine prayerfully and then do I believe obediently? I believe the answer to this is yes. And if this, here's the great part about that if the answer to this is yes, I will still be growing on the day I die and then I'll really start growing. I mean, it'll all be clear to us then even more than it is now. All right, let's look at Philippians 1.6. If you've got your Bible, turn along with me. For I am confident of this very thing. How many confident people in the house tonight say amen? amen. I am confident of this very thing. He which has begun a good work in you will perfect it Until the day of Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus. Paul was certain that God would continue to work in and through the lives of the Philippians. And let me tell you how that happens. Let your destiny draw out of you the person that you really are. Let the God-designed destiny on the inside of you begin to draw out who God really designed and intended you to be. What am I talking about? I'll tell you what I'm talking about. Sooner or later, caterpillars are going to turn into... Sooner or later, a tadpole will turn into a... Are you hearing me? Sooner or later, that egg will turn into a chicken if it's not fried a wolf. Okay. Oh, I'm telling you, God is changing us. We are morphing, metamorphosis. There is a releasing right now on the inside. Some of you, oh, I hope you're hearing me. There is a releasing of things on the inside of you that is life changing. It is direction changing, not just for you, but for generations. Okay, okay, okay. Ooh, boy, that was, that was the spirit of God right there in that. For those that will receive it my God. We can be confident that God is working in our lives. How many of you are confident of that? Yeah. I want you, I tell you what, let's say it tonight. God is, God working, is in me. working in me. And He's not going to stop. I'm telling you, like I said, He's not going to stop until the day we go be with Jesus, either in the rapture or we pass through the doorway of death. But God is going to continue to work in us and through us and among us and change us from glory to glory. And then we'll really be changed from glory to glory. Woo, somebody shout in the house tonight. But here's the thing. Now, we must have perseverance and discipline, listen, to stay in the growing process. Amen. Yeah. And part of that is done by, and this is important, being in a spiritual community will help you to grow. Amen. Amen. Being in a church that challenges you will help you to grow. It will help you develop. I tell you what, Hebrews ten twenty three. We we don't have time. You can read it. You know what it says. It talks about encouraging one another, and then it talks about not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. There are times I just got to be honest. There are times when, boy, I tell you what, pastoring an internet church sure would be nice. Sure would, boy. That solve a lot of problems. But how many of you know we need interaction? We need each other. We, we, listen, and this is, oh, um, we need that iron sharpening iron rubbing off those rough edges. Those things sometimes that aren't always comfortable that we work through that help us grow and, and mature. Can I get an amen? Because the growing process, as I've already said, is going to continue for the rest of our lives. Boy, i got to keep this moving tonight. Psalms chapter 1, this is where we were this past Sunday. Let me read it real quick. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. In his law he meditates how often? Day Day and night. night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth. You need to underline that in your Bible. Bring forth. Everybody say bring forth. it's fruit in season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does is prospering. Psalm 92 says, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Jesus grew. We already went over all this. And in Genesis 11, and then in, in Genesis 12, we find out that Terah, that who is Abram's father, he settles in Haran. Abram, Abram, then in chapter 12, God says to Abram, Abram, get you out of your country. Out of your kindred, and let's get going. Amen. God had called them to go to Canaan. They stopped in Haran. They settled in a place that they were just supposed to. They settled in a place they were supposed to. Amen. But then, in Second Peter, I want to read this, and, and then we'll we'll comment on all this. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord, as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us by glory and virtue. I want everybody to say tonight, I am called. I am called. By which we have been uh, given to us exceeding great and precious promises that by these, listen, you might be partakers of what? Of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust but also for this very reason giving all diligence watch this add to your faith amen we should be adding to our faith we should be growing expanding increasing that's what this is about, the full armor challenge that we're going we're gonna to grow and we're increasing and we're not going to stop adding to our faith. Add to your faith. Listen, yeah. virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance. Boy, we could stop on all these, but we won't. And to perseverance, godliness. To godliness, knowledge, self-control, uh, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, Love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren, oh my goodness, nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you are ready to have some fruit? Yeah. Now, and in case you're saying, well, Brother Scotty, I am past the fruitful age. Don't you know where I am? Well, the Bible says that even in your old age, you will bear fruit. That's a promise from the book of Psalms. Glory be to God. Amen. Amen? So, here's basically what happened. God said, Abraham, I'm taking you somewhere. Not just from somewhere. I'm taking you to somewhere. We didn't just come out of sin. We didn't just come out of the law. God said, I'm going to take you somewhere. I'm taking you out, but I'm taking you in. And the place I'm taking you is a fruitful place. Canaan is a land that is fruitful. It is a land of abundance. And he talked about, and here's what I want to take just a few moments to talk about. He said, Abram, you're going to be like trees of righteousness. Well, actually, it's not Abram, that's Psalms. But he said, the righteous are going to be like trees that will bring forth. Bring forth. The growth and health of a tree is reflected in its fruit. God not only wants us, and here's what I'm saying. If you're going to grow, if you're going to increase, God not only wants us to be Consumers, he wants us to be contributors. Yes. 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 Right. You shall bring forth. Everybody say, bring forth. bring forth. Bring your worship. Bring your gifts and talents. Bring your offering. The only thing that I can find that Jesus ever cursed, which did not. must be pretty important. And you know what? If you just look at life, the way God designed life itself, we're not supposed to just be those that take in. For instance, even in, in, in nature, what happens? The rain comes down, fills up the lakes, the clouds will then again come behind it, absorb it, It goes back up, and then it gets released again. Life is that way. God designed it to be that way. It's not just taking in, but it's also giving out. There is a difference. Here's where we have to be careful now. I want everything that Jesus provided for me. But let me tell you, there is a difference between... Being entitled and being entrusted. Amen. Amen. A lot of the problems that we have in society today comes from this entitlement mentality. I can't stop there. My goodness, we could spend some time there. Somebody say Amen. amen. There's a difference between being entitled and entrusted. Entitled, it's this idea that it's all mine. Entrusted means it's all God's and I'm a steward. Everything I have, I have because God blessed me with it. Because he chose me to be in Christ. Because Jesus paid a price. He suffered and died and rose again. And everything I have, I have because God blessed me with it. God told Abraham. Here it is now. Let's put Psalms together with what God did with Abraham. God told Abraham. We went back and read it all. I will bless you and come on, help your preacher out tonight. I will bless you and you will That is the divine cycle. That is God's way and method. Bless, be a blessing. Bless, be a blessing. Bless, be a blessing. blessing. That is something that goes through our lives and is not supposed to ever stop. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about in everything that God entrusts us with, with our gifts, with our talent, with whatever it is, it is blessed be a blessing. Blessed be a blessing. Blessed be a blessing. He said, I will bless you and you will bless. I will bless you and you will bless. That is the cycle. But, you know, as long as you have this, this mindset, if people have this mindset... Well, if I, if I give more, I'll have less. That's the world's way. Oh, uh, Can I come back? That was weak. The world's thinking is, if I give more, I'll have less. Jesus said, if you'll give more, you have more. If you think in any area that giving is a deduction in your life, you will always function from a scarcity mentality. If you think giving in any way is a deduction, in other words, if you're holding on to that money on Sunday, my God, I could do that boat. I just want that. I I could that car and that, you know if, if I could you know if you have it and it's like once I get this once I give this, I'll never see it again. That's a scarcity mentality. Yeah. Give. And it will come back to you. Good measure. Press down, shake it together, and <laughs> that's your love, that's your gifts, that's your that's your time. But when you give from a scarcity mentality, listen, you will always be gripped by fear. The mindset of when I give, it's gone. Boy, I'm going to tell you what the seed that leaves your hand. All right, y'all forgotten, so I got to stir it up again. The seed that leaves your hand will never leave your future. How many of you believe that tonight? You know, a farmer doesn't wait until he has a harvest to sow a seed. He sows a seed to have a harvest. So, how many of you will stand with me tonight and say, Brother Scotty, as I come in and I begin to discover purpose, destiny, I'm a visionary, I am believing to live a generous life. Come on, let me, hold your hand up. I'm not going to look. <laughs> I am believing to live a generous life. I know you are on every level. We have to say no to the confinement of just taking, but also giving. We call it prosperity with purpose. But here is something as, we, as I kind of draw this down, and I got something I want to share with you that, that I'm going to be developing in the next few weeks. We're talking about growing and changing and allowing God to do things in us. I want you to say with me tonight there's more. more. Anybody didn't say it? Say there's more. more. But a word of caution. Because some people can get to the point they say, well, you know what? I'm just ready for change. Change doesn't always equate to growth. You can want to change just to get out of a tight situation and not have to face it, not have to deal with it, and not have to allow God to teach you things through it, and not have to walk through it and overcome it. So we don't just change just for change's sake, or we, listen, let me say it this way. We don't just look for change to look for an easy way out. Growth is not always looking for an easy way out. For instance, if I'm sitting still and I think, I need to change. I know what I'm going to do. I've changed, but I'm not making any progress. There's a lot of stuff going on, but all I'm doing is going in circles. And so we've got to look for the right kind of change. Be growth-minded, not change-minded. Yeah. I've got to say that again. Be growth-minded, not just change-minded. I want change that produces growth in my life. Amen. Amen. Amen? And, you know, we talked about Abraham tonight. Let me give you a verse here out of Ephesians chapter 3. Can I have five more minutes? Five more minutes, Okay. Ephesians 3, it says, Now all glory to God, who is able, through His mighty power at work within us, watch this, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. I want everybody to say, there's more. There's more more for me. There's more more on the way. There's There's more? There's more. Now, here's what I want you to know. God's not done yet. I want to tell you, God's not finished with you yet. I believe that first verse and well, and actually in, yeah, I believe in, 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 uh, in, Genesis 11 and 12, Abraham was about 75 years old in his seventies. Well, you know, the next time that, that we read verses about Abraham, where he's challenged is in Genesis 17. He's 90. He's in his nineties now. And God is challenging him. Listen to this in, in, in Genesis 17. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully. I will make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. And at this, Abram fell down on his face on the ground. Then God said to him, This is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. What's more, I'm changing your name. It will no longer be Abram. Instead, you will be called Abraham, for you will be the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations, and kings will be among them. God appeared to Abraham and Abram at that time and said, Abram, there is more for you to do. I want you to tell your neighbor right now, there is more for you to do. El Shaddai, God Almighty. This is really, this is where he is. He's known as the God who is more than enough. The Almighty God. Now the fact that you're here tonight, everybody look up here indicates to me that you believe that God's got more for you. And it's not all just doing. It's what he's doing in us as a people. God Almighty, the God of more than enough, God has more in mind for your life. When Christopher Columbus, I think it was during this period of time, when he was getting ready to do his ex- exploration, in Spain, they had posted some signs on the docks, and I think this was, uh, I'm not sure what language this might have been, uh, I don't think it was anyway, but it said this, it said, ne plus ultra. In other words, at that time, they believed that was all there was, and if you sailed beyond that, you were sailing into nothingness. You were. I saw a map from that time, and some people had drawn in, "Here be sea monsters." Here be's the bottomless abyss. They posted those signs. Nay, plus ultra. This is as far as there is. There is nothing beyond here. Somebody had to rise up one day, look at that sign and say, wait a minute, who is setting the limits? Who is deciding that this is all there is? How do I know that there is not more out there? Just because somebody told me I couldn't do that doesn't mean I can't do that. Who is setting the limits on my life? Who is deciding where I can go and how far I can go and what God can do in me? I am here to tell you tonight, church. We serve a limitless God, a boundless God, a God who says all things are possible if you will believe. I got news for you. I'm going to be like Christopher Columbus. I'm going to sail past those signs. You're not going to stop me from growing and going. Somebody say, keep the growing going. Oh, hallelujah. Folks, let me tell you something. Listen, this is so important. Oh, God, help us. Life with vision is powerful. Life with vision is powerful. Life without vision is perishing. where there is no vision. So that's not my original idea. That's God's idea. And here's the thing. When you don't have vision, people die, are dying while they're living. That's how important this is. Even though they're alive, they're perishing. We should celebrate life with vision. Amen. Yeah. We should be visionaries. And here's what I've discovered. And I, I'm just working on this. I'm going to release this thing. Man, i has got to show me some stuff in here. Woo, Lord, look out. You know, when people don't have vision in their lives for themselves or for areas of their life, let me tell you what happens. They eat too much. They drink too much. A lot of addictions are simply filling the lack of vision in lives. They don't take care of themselves. It's because they don't have a vision. They don't have a vision for their future. They play video games too much. Boy, it's so quiet in here. <laughs> they spend way too much time talking about nothing. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a big one. They become overly critical because they don't have anything else to do. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, I have got such vision in my heart for this house, for you, for us. I don't have time to find out what's wrong with everybody. I don't have time to listen to what's wrong with everybody. And don't don't get me wrong, we'll address issues in this house and we'll do it and we'll stand up. So don't misunderstand that. But what I'm telling you is this. I am so filled with passion to find the vision that God has for us as a people and for you as an individual. I am giving myself to that. I am going after it. I am absolutely seeking it, going for it. God, show me everything you've got. We want everything you've got. We want to fulfill everything that you have called us to do. We are going forward My God. God's got good things for us. God wants us to be people of vision. How many visionaries are in the house? Come on. Boy, I'm having trouble stirring y'all up tonight. Amen. Amen. Without vision and here it is and I'll stop. I've got to stop. Without vision people perish. But you know how that, that really is translated in another? Thank you. Where there's no vision, people cast off restraint. You've got to have a vision to keep you focused and within good, godly boundaries in your life. You know what I've discovered? A vision will empower you to say yes to the right things and no to the wrong things. Brother Scotty won't have to get on you. Brother Scotty won't have to get up here. I'm not going to spend all my time preaching against this and preaching against that and saying all of this and doing all of that. I'm telling you, you allow God to plant a vision on the inside of you, and it will empower the right yeses in your life, and it will give you power to say no to those things that are going to stop you from growing and going. How many of you ready to grow and go tonight? Amen. Give God praise thanks again for listening to Live Church of Mobile's podcast. If you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at lightchurchmobil.com.